This is a Swedish folk tale called The Girl Who Kissed a Knight Out of Necessity. Well, there was a couple who lived in a little cottage in a forest, and they were very poor. And they were too poor to be able to afford servants. But they had a daughter, and their daughter was very, very clever, and a very lovely young maiden. And she did everything that a servant boy or girl would do. Now one day her father told her to take a sack of flour, a sack of, of grain, of, of rye, down to the mill to be ground into flour. And they took it out and they set it on the horse's back and she led the horse away. Now she walked and she walked for quite a distance with the horse, with the big sack of rye on its back. But the horse caught its hoof on a stone and it stumbled and the sack of rye fell off onto the ground. Now it was too heavy for the girl to lift up herself. She tried and she tried and she tried, but there was no way that she could lift it up. It was too heavy for her. Now along came a knight riding on a horse, and he was very handsome and very tall and very rich. And she said to him, Oh, sir, can you help me? Could you please put the sack of rye on the back of my horse? Well, he said, I will do it for you, but first you must give me a kiss. Well, the girl was virtuous, and she didn't like being asked things like that. That was not respectful at all, and she said, No, I will not kiss you. She thought I'd rather leave the sack lying on the ground than do that. Now that was in the morning. By midday, she was starting to get desperate. Now, the night had gone, but he couldn't stop thinking about her. She was very beautiful. And he was also very impressed that she wouldn't kiss him as well. It showed that she was a virtuous girl. So he decided to put her to the test. So he dressed himself up as a peasant, disguised himself, and he went off along the road, and he met up with her again for the second time although she didn't know it, of course. And she said, Oh, kind sir, could you please help me to put this sack on the back of my horse? And he said, Well, I can do, but first you must give me a kiss. Oh, no, sir, she said, that I cannot do. She thought to herself, I'd rather leave that sack lying on the ground than kiss this farmer. And so he set off on his way and didn't help. Now the knight was impressed. That was twice now that she had refused a kiss. It showed that she was a very virtuous young maiden indeed. But he decided to put her to the test one more time. And so he dressed himself up in rags, and he darkened his face with soot. He made himself all dirty. And he looked like a beggar, and he put a pack on his back, and he came wandering along the road. And the poor girl said to him, Oh, please, father, could you help me put the sack back on the horse's back? Well, he said, I can do that, but first you must give me a kiss. No, sir, she said, I cannot do that. She thought to herself, I'd rather leave that sack lying on the ground and kiss the poor old beggar. 
Well, suit yourself, he said, and he walked away. Now, it was by this time, it was night, and she was starting to get afraid. The sun was already just going down above over the horizon, and the darkness was falling, and she was getting worried. And also, what was there around there? Were there robbers? Were there wolves? She didn't feel safe. She had to do something. And so she decided that, although it filled her with shame, but out of necessity, she had to call to the old beggar to come back. And she said, All right, if you help me put the sack on the horse, I will give you a kiss. So he came back, and she closed her eyes, and he kissed her. And then they put the sack on the back of the horse, and away she went. Now, a few days later, a handsome knight dressed in fine armor came riding to their little cottage in the forest, and he came in and he said that he would like to woo the man's daughter. Now the man was absolutely amazed. How did this knight even know his daughter existed? And she was amazed too, but he was so handsome and rich and a knight too. She said, well, she would love to be married to him. And so it was agreed. And they went off and they had a fantastic wedding, a wonderful feast. Now she lived in the castle that the knight owned. And he was a good husband to her, but not always. You see, he liked to go hunting rather a lot. That's what he did mostly, was just go hunting with his friends. And then he'd invite them all back to the castle. And then there would have to be a feast put in front of them. And then they would start to drink. The beer and the wine would flow like water. And then they would start to get rowdy. And each one tried to outdo the other in being more wilder and being more rowdier. And the knight himself said, Ha! I know the story of a girl who kissed the knight out of necessity. And they all laughed, and they all leered at the lady who sat by the side of the knight at the table. And she knew that he had told them, told them all about how he had deceived her in disguise, and how out of necessity she had had to kiss him. Now that's not something that he should have told anyone, but he was a blabbermouth, and obviously he did not respect his wife the way that he should. And so every time he got his cronies back to go carousing and drinking, he would always say, Ha! I know a story of a girl who kissed the knight out of necessity, and all his friends would laugh, and he would laugh, and they would all leer at her. And she hated that. She would go as red as a beetroot when they said that. Now, one day, her godmother came to visit and she said, So, how's married life suiting you, my dear? Oh, it's fine, she said. Yes, it's, it's fine. Hmm, said the godmother. 
Yeah, that you don't seem to be fine. There seems to be something wrong. There's something troubling you, my child. What is it? Well, she said, he does like to drink with his cronies, and, and then he teases me terribly about the fact I had to kiss him. And it brings great shame to me, and it makes me very sad and embarrassed. Hmm. Sounds like he needs to be taught a lesson, said the godmother. Sounds like he needs to be taught some manners. Well, I'm sure we can soon do something about that, though, my dear. Don't you worry, she said. Now, the old godmother was a woman who knew a thing or two, if you know what I mean. She wasn't a witch, but she knew magic. She knew sorcery. And she knew how to put a stupid young knight in his place and teach him some manners and some respect. So one day the knight went off hunting in the forest by himself this time, and he rode and he rode and he rode through the forest. And a strange thing happened. It was getting towards evening, and he was starting to get hungry. He hadn't eaten since breakfast, and he'd only had a quick bite before he rushed off. He was in such a hurry to go hunting, and he hadn't had much success either. So he was traveling around and around. He's going to go home, but he couldn't, because he couldn't find the path. It was strange, because he knew this forest like the back of his hand, and yet he didn't know where he was. He didn't recognize it, and he couldn't find his way home. He went round and round and round in circles in that forest, till he came to a little cottage. And he went in, and there was an old crone, an old woman all wrinkled and with no teeth in her head. And he shuddered a bit, because she looked quite gruesome. But there on the table, ah, that was a different matter. That made his heart leap, because there was a feast set out of the most delicious foods, and the smell of them was so good. And he said, Please, my dear lady, may I buy some food from you? No, I have no food to sell, said the old woman, but I'll give you as much food as you can eat if you give me a kiss for it. To hell with you, he said. I'm not kissing you. And he stormed out of the house and climbed on his horse and he rode off. Well, the sun set and night was falling, and he was riding around, and he still couldn't tell where he was. He still had no idea what part of the forest it was in. It was a place that he'd never seen before, and there was no sign of a path or a road anywhere. And he rode, and he rode, and it was nearly midnight, and he was starving. He hadn't eaten since morning, and he was so hungry. Well, his horse found his way back to the same cottage. They'd been going around in circles. Well, he could smell the lovely food coming out, the smell of the food coming wafting through that door, and he went in and he said, 
My good lady, will you please sell me some food? I'm very hungry. I have not eaten. Well, she said, I have no food to sell, said the old crone. But I'll give you as much as you can eat if you give me a kiss first. Go to the devil with you, he said. I'll never kiss you. And he stormed out of the house and on his horse, and he rode off in a gallop. Well, he rode all that night, and well into the second day, and he still hadn't a clue where he was. Nothing was familiar to him at all. He was helplessly lost in that forest. And once again... For a third time the horse came back to the same cottage. Oh, God, he could smell that food coming out. Oh, the smell of it was so wonderful. He was so hungry now and so tired. He was dripping with sweat and so was his horse. He got off it and he went through the door and there was the beautiful banquet still laid out, a magnificent feast, all sorts of amazingly beautiful dishes. And he said, Madam, please, I beseech you, will you please, please sell me some food? I have no food to sell, said the old crone, but I will let you eat as much as you like if you give me a kiss first. Nah, I'll never kiss you, he said, and he stormed out of the house again. But when he got to this horse, mmm, the smell of it, oh, it was so good, and his mouth was watering, and his belly was rumbling. And so he went back into the cottage again, and he said, Old woman, I will do as you ask. I will give you a kiss in exchange for food. And so he closed his eyes, and the old woman kissed him. And then she bade him sit down and eat as much as he would. Well, he sat down and he fell to and he stuffed himself. He ate and he ate and he ate. He'd never been so hungry in his life before, because he'd never gone for so long without food before. He'd never had to. He was always well off. Well, he ate and he ate and he ate. And then, when he couldn't eat another thing, he thanked the old woman and he went back up onto his horse. And he rode away, still not knowing where he was. But he thought to himself, well, Nobody will ever know that I kissed the old crone. I'm certainly not going to tell anyone, that's for sure. So, we'll just forget about it, pretend that this never happened. Ah, he said, I recognize that, and sure enough, he started to recognize places. And then eventually there was the road. Oh, joy! He knew exactly where he was now, and in no time at all he was home. "'Oh, darling,' said his wife, "'where have you been? "'I've been so worried about you. "'You didn't come home last night.' "'Oh, it, it was nothing,' he said. It was, "'It was nothing, nothing at all.' "'So nothing was said about it at all. "'And soon he was out hunting with all his friends, "'and again he brought all his cronies back to the house. 
But, of course, he had never mentioned anything about his adventures the other night in the old crone. But somebody knew. Oh, yes, someone knew. The prince, eh, the knight's wife, she knew. Because the old woman in the cottage was her godmother, who had disguised herself using her magic to look like this ancient old crone. And she told her all about it, and the two of them laughed and laughed and laughed. Well, the knight came back with his friends, the feast was prepared, they started to eat, and they started to drink, and the beer and the wine flowed like water. And, of course, needless to say, once again the knight starts up with, I know a story about a, a girl who kissed the knight out of necessity, and all the knights laughed and laughed. And she said, Yes, and I know a story about a knight who kissed an old crone for some food. And then they laughed even louder. And the knight went as red as beetroot, and he pretended to laugh too. And that was the last that he ever said about that. And afterwards, he didn't go hunting as much as he did. And he would only come back with a few of his friends. And it was not the riotous parties that it had been. And there wasn't the same amount of drinking. And after that, he never insulted his wife again like that. He never mentioned it once. And, in her turn, she never mentioned about the old crone either.